Mr. Kodan, please can I uh, disturb you? You are muted, sir, uh, for the, you, you've just muted yourself. There we go, thank you. I've been busy talking to myself, my apologies. So once again, good afternoon uh, to all of you, and thank you for joining us uh, during this uh, press conference. And I take this unusual step of adding to what the CEO of Eskom has said earlier today about the status of the electricity system in South Africa. And I actually address you from the control center, which uh, monitors the production of electricity uh, throughout the country, uh, whether it is by the coal power stations, by the nuclear power station Kuburg, or the imports that we get from Kahara Basa in Mozambique, uh, or other uh, power coming from dams and so on. I was explaining that the reason we have level six uh, for the first time in Eskom's history and this country's history is because of the illegal industrial action that has been in place since the 22nd of June until today. This industrial action has worsened the situation in terms of the production of electricity by Eskom. And when we talk of level one, two, three or four, each of those levels represents a thousand megawatts that is taken out of the system. So what level six means is that 6,000 megawatts cannot be supplied by Eskom for reasons that I will explain in a moment. And uh, where during winter, for example, today or yesterday, the demand is about 32,000 megawatts, Eskom will not be able to supply that 32,000. It will be able to supply 6,000 less than 32,000. And it doesn't mean that the whole country gets into a blackout. What it means is that on a rotational basis, each municipality that manages load shedding in that municipality or in areas where Eskom manages the load shedding, you will have two, three or four hours of load shedding, depending on the circumstances in a particular area on a rotational basis, meaning electricity will be switched off, but switched back on as well. Eskom is in this position, as I said, because of the industrial action, which has meant that in many, many power stations, up to 90% of the staff could not attend to their duties at the power stations. They could not attend because of intimidation at their homes, intimidation through phone calls. And I will show you some pictures of the kind of damage that has been done as a result of petrol bombs and other incendiary devices being thrown at uh, the homes of managers, at, the, at their cars, uh, and in the power station itself in a moment. This intimidation, as I'm sure all South Africans will agree, is completely unacceptable. And it is primarily responsible for the country being where it is today, 
and possibly tomorrow. Although uh, in the few hours that I have spent at ESCOM today, I've been given the assurance that everything will be done to bring the country to normality as far as uh, supply of electricity is concerned sooner rather than later. Some of you would have heard by now that as a result of extensive negotiations between some of the unions and the management team at ESCOM, earlier today an agreement was reached on the wage settlement that both parties will commit themselves to in due course. Agreement was also reached that these unions who've been primarily involved in some of the activity that I am referring to will request their members to return to work tomorrow. And so the recovery uh, of Eskom plant and there were various things that would have to be done to clean up plants and to get operations going will actually start on, the, on that basis. The uh, intimidation that I'm referring to is going to be illustrated in a moment by some of the pictures that have been sent to the ESCOM head office so that you can see for yourselves just a sample of some of the intimidatory activities that I referred to earlier on. A, a colleague will flight some of those slides in, uh, right now so that you can actually see the pictures for yourselves. I'm just going to pause for a moment whilst that is being done. While my colleague is uh, trying to share the pictures, I shall uh, inform you, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, you, there will be uh, some few hiccups due to the short notice to the meeting. Uh, please go ahead, Mahdel. Thank you. This is a home that was petrol bombed in the last few days by people who didn't want Eskom staff to go to work. Next slide, please. Again, another example of a house being petrol bombed as well. Next slide. Yet another example of the damage caused to a window through which uh, this bomb was thrown. Next slide. Again, an example of damage caused in a house. Next. This is a vehicle being set alight outside a house with the electricity supply to the house being tampered with as well. You can see some vain efforts being made to put out the fire. Here's another example of that as well. There might be one or two more slides. Uh, 
again tampering with the electricity supply to the house. Vehicles being uh, damaged and roads being blocked uh, by dumping coal. That was a coal outside one of the power stations today, uh, which has subsequently been cleared. Damage to what looks like a tire. Which has been slit. Again, the coal being dumped across the road. That's the last slide, but an interesting uh, example that you should be aware of as well is where a senior uh, operational manager who was a woman uh, emerges from uh, one of the shifts, goes to her car, and then finds that two of her tires, of the car's tires, were slashed and alternate arrangements were made so that she could get home safely. Now the question the country needs to ask of uh, those who inspire this kind of activity is in whose interest is this? Because electricity is crucial to every household. Electricity is crucial to the economy of this country. It's crucial to ensuring that jobs are retained by businesses in this country. And it is important for investors that we have some certainty about the electricity situation in this country as well, notwithstanding the historical shortages that we've had over a, a period of time. So what we have had, ladies and gentlemen, is that over a period of this past week or so, a number of units at each of the power stations, with one or two exceptions, have been seriously affected Firstly, by the fact that there are not enough operational people in a plant. In one power station, I'm not going to name it, up for the entire period since the 22nd of June, over 90% of the staff did not come to work at all, which means that it is impossible to operate the units of that particular power station. Similar numbers range from 50% upwards at other units of other power stations as a result of the intimidation that the staff of Eskom had been subjected to. This is unacceptable in uh, any democracy. And where uh, these short-term interests uh, inspired either because wage negotiations were taking place or for some other uh, reasons, which I leave you to speculate, is causing a huge amount of damage to South Africa's reputation but also our ability to ensure that uh, we continue to grow as an economy and continue to provide households with the electricity that they require and importantly industry with the electricity that they require as well. If we talk about a social compact or a social uh, contract in this country, then certainly one of the things that all of us should agree, whether we are in business, in the unions, staff of ESCOM or any other uh, concerned person in South Africa is that we should not in interfere in any way whatsoever with the important entities 
like ESCOM, which are the lifeblood, if you like, uh, of the economy of this country. You will notice that in other parts of the world, similar things are happening, not necessarily because of intimidation, but some of you would have noticed that in Tokyo, the authorities announced that households must switch off lights and other uh, electric, electric gadgets. If they don't do enough of that switching off, some 37 million people will find themselves in a blackout of one kind or another. Similar things have been experienced uh, in Rome, in Australia, uh, in recent times in the East Coast uh, and elsewhere in, in the world as well. So electricity and the lack of electricity can cause a huge amount of damage. Now, where do we go from here? We are hoping that all of the staff will return to work tomorrow, that the cleanup process and the restart of all of the normal operational processes will commence uh, during the course of the day. Secondly, where the maintenance of units has been interrupted as a result of these intimidatory tactics and the lack of staff uh, being able to enter the power stations. We'll have those maintenance activities commence tomorrow as well. Thirdly, as a consequence of that, more units will come onto online that have not been able to be attended to as a result of what has been going on for the past week. And although Eskim is saying that both uh, from four o'clock today and indeed tomorrow as well, uh, level six, uh, load shedding would actually occur. I'm hoping that all of us uh, that constitute the ESKIM community will work hard, will col collaborate with uh, each other in order that we can avert or avoid level six tomorrow. And that depends on the kind of cooperation that we get from all stakeholders uh, within ESKIM and those who do business uh, with Eskim as, as well. So tomorrow the CEO and uh, his senior management will keep you informed about what progress is being made in terms of returning units to fu full functionality and whether they are able to get back to level two uh, load shedding and uh, get the operations of Eskim uh, commenced again. Government on uh, its part is doing everything possible to, uh, to assist uh, ESKIM, its management team uh, and the ESKIM staff in whatever way we can. And I want to in particular commend the kind of role that the South African Police Service has been playing both to protect staff, but also to manage the pickets that uh, various staff have been holding outside of power stations. So. Uh, appreciation to the South African Police Service for the good work that they've done around uh, the power stations to ensure that no further damage was actually done in that particular regard. We undertake to uh, keep you informed of uh, the progress being made and if need be a few times a day the ESKIM colleagues uh, will have press briefings so that uh, if there is uh, something to report, uh, you will be made aware of that sooner rather than later. Finally, an appeal to members of all the trade unions that are represented uh, within ESCOM itself, 
Now is not the time to interfere with the electricity supply, whatever the reason might be, and whatever the instigation might be as well. Now is the time to work with each other in the national interest, in the interest of the country, and in the interest of all 60 million South Africans. And I hope that where there are issues to be resolved, let's sit around the table, let's find constructive solutions to them, but not interfere with the operations of a sensitive entity like ESCOM, which is uh, battling every single day with very old coal-powered stations and uh, a number of other uh, activities that go around which impact upon the quality of coal, the supply of fuel oil, the procurement processes within ESCOM, as the State Capture Commission has revealed uh, as being areas of malfeasance historically within ESCOM itself. So thank you very much for uh, tuning in, so to speak, and uh, Mr. Manchacha will then guide us in terms of any questions that uh, we need to address. Thank you, Mr. Gordon. Uh, colleagues, as I did indicate earlier, please do continue typing your questions on the chat box. Private Gordon will answer all the questions that have been put to him. He will be assisted by uh, my colleagues. Android Rita is also in the room and uh, Rulani Matebula, you both, you spoke to them both this morning. And let's repeat again, I will share this recording. Media Desk will send it by email and by WhatsApp uh, as soon as we can after this briefing. I shall read now all the questions and of course all your further questions for the minister that are not being answered here or that you have not been able to ask in this briefing can be sent to Richard Mantle at DBE. The first question comes from William Horn of Network Firenduendach. Since power stations are national key points, why has government not enacted special provisions to protect these national assets? Please answer the question, Mr. Gordon. Let's take three at a time, uh, Sekunati. Uh, the next question comes from Chris Yelland of EE Publishers. Why should it be an unusual step for DPE minister to speak to the public about ESCOM? Uh, the last question for this round comes from Koskona Duma of Eyewitness News. The minister, sorry, I keep getting distracted by emails that block my view, colleagues. The, sorry, I apologize. What intervention interventions has the minister made to address the industrial action that's resulted in the Colleagues, I apologize. There are so many emails blocking my view to read your questions. Please accept my apologies. I'm reading the last question. What interventions has the minister made to address industrial action that's resulted in the recent outbreak? Are you able to answer those three, Minister? Let's start with the last one. Uh, in the uh, issue of wage negotiations is the responsibility uh, of the management team and where they require a mandate, they receive their mandate from the board of ESCOM. So 
the politicians don't get involved unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh, and there was that case in 2018 where there was a refusal to talk uh, between the then ESCOM management uh, and the unions. And the only time I got involved was to bring them together and get them to sit around a table. And ultimately, they negotiated amongst themselves. So it's not uh, my responsibility to get involved uh, unless uh, there are exceptional circumstances where there are communication gaps or other uh, phenomena that are interfering with the process. Mr. Yellen's question, why unusual? Because ESCOM has been very diligent uh, in providing information on virtually a daily basis and where there are exceptional uh, challenges uh, or news to be shared or just ordinary news to be shared about the state of the system. The management team has been taking uh, responsibility in that regard and doing absolutely uh, excellently in keeping the country informed uh, about what is actually going on. In relation to the national key points question, the according to the legislation, it's the, if you like, the owner of the establishment that must take responsibility for the security of the uh, entity concerned and its various facilities. And in this instance, uh, there are plans within ESCOM itself and different grades of uh, security measures uh, extending from level one to level four, I'm informed. And uh, they have been diligently pursuing those uh, uh, standards uh, that they have uh, available to them. And as I pointed out earlier on, the South African Police Service needs to be commended for providing assistance to the ESCOM uh, management team uh, to protect uh, or to manage any uh, exceptional situations. Your next three. Thank you, Mr. Gordon. The next question comes from Britain. I only have his first name. With the current crisis having been foreseen and forecast by many industry experts, why hasn't there been any material progress in increasing electricity provision? This situation is nothing new, he says. Uh, the next question comes from Etienne Rabas. Uh, please do pardon me if I mispronounced your name, sir. Should Cyril not declare a state of emergency and bring the army in where required? Last uh, question for this round also comes from Chris Yelland. Chris has got quite a lot of questions, Minister. Uh, let's take these two and we will deal with Chris's questions in one go. Thank you. I think we need a special session just for Chris now, you know. Sikonati, so we must arrange that. Um, in terms of uh, states, states of emergency uh, and the army being called out, you'll remember that uh, when the July unrest, as it is now politely called, took place last year, uh, the army's facilities were made available to protect uh, national key points and Eskom power stations was amongst them. And uh, I'm sure that the president would have applied his mind if he received any recommendation 
that the assistance uh, of the army uh, would in fact uh, be required. The energy crisis in South Africa, the previous question, uh, is a well-known fact, and I agree with that. Uh, the IRP-19 is supposed to be addressing that crisis, but there's no doubt that we must admit to our own historical shortcomings. Uh, the shortage of electricity didn't start yesterday or three years ago. It's been around for some time, as has load sharing itself. And uh, what we now have is a clear trajectory in terms of meeting both the energy requirements of the country on the one hand, but also undertaking the just energy transition on the other hand as well. And uh, if the right kind of investments take place, both by government and the private sector and other interested parties, uh, in the next 18 months or so, South Africa will certainly find itself in, in a better place. And uh, one excellent example of an initiative in this regard is making available land that is surplus land, if you like, around Eskom power stations that is owned by Eskom. And we announced this late last year. Uh, that has come to uh, excellent fruition now, where the land that was made available uh, was oversubscribed. And as the CEO announced uh, pretty soon, some 1800 megawatts of investment uh, will take place on that land once the formalities uh, have been completed. And what's interesting about uh, this particular initiative is that firstly, there's no government guarantees required. Uh, secondly, there's no power purchase agreements required. Those who invest uh, in these uh, uh, IPP uh, installations will be responsible for producing their energy, uh, transmitting it by the Eskom transmission grid and supplying it to their own customers uh, as uh, they have contracted with them. And that might be the beginning of a new era in terms of how to develop models for investment in renewable energy as we go forward. Thank you. Mr. Gordon, I can assure you that Richard Mantu uh, indeed had your promise to Chris Yelland. I shall make the, the introductions and share the communications for him to take it from there. Now let's answer Chris's questions. As DPE is the shareholder ministry to whom ESCOM reports, and as this is a shareholder matter, please can the DPE minister advise one, when will DPE Minister approve the appointment of the directors of the National Transmission Company South Africa? Or is there some problem in this regard? The next question, approximately when is the National Transmission Company South Africa likely to receive a transmission license from the regulator? The third and last question from Chris in this round is approximately when is likely that the National Transmission Company will be operational, noting that the DPE's ESCOM roadmap indicated the end of December 2021. Over to you, uh, Mr. Gordon. Thanks for those questions, Chris. Um, 
the directors of the transmission company. We're going through our own governance processes uh, within uh, government itself. So sooner rather than later, and certainly before the end of July, uh, we'll confirm the board of the transmission company. Secondly, in relation to the license uh, being granted to the transmission company, as you know, that relies with the regulator, and I have no influence on the regulator whatsoever. But what I can do is write to the regulator and say, speed up your process so that we don't have to have extraordinary lengths of time being taken uh, for an administrative matter such as uh, that particular uh, question. In terms of the operations of the transmission company, there's a kind of de facto operation, if you like, that is already in place. And the de jure uh, operation, meaning the legal operation, will come into place as soon as the regulator grants the license. But we are as impatient as Chris Yellen would be in terms of getting this process going so that we can uh, also learn lessons from what is an interesting new development within the electricity industry in South Africa as well. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Koda. The next question comes from Johan Peter Maybach. Good day, Mr. Gordon. How far are we from the total blackout? Uh, Britain has also asked, surely national key points such as power stations are, as well as key staff should be given protection and security from these criminal threats. If this is not the case, why not? Uh, I will take one of Kobano Kumbi's two questions for this round. She is from Newsroom Africa. How far are you helping ESCOM get more power onto the grid? This is a long-standing request from ESCOM. Mr. Koran, please answer those and we will tackle Kobano's second question afterwards. So let's take Kobano's first question. Um, except for uh, the initiative around the land uh, that ESCOM owns, the purchase of electricity or the acquisition of electricity is the responsibility of the Department of Energy. And uh, that happens in the context, as I said earlier on, of the IRP 19, which my colleague Minister Montage said is subject to review given the new circumstances that we find ourselves in uh, at the moment as well. So I think uh, that's best addressed in that direction. Uh, but obviously what we are saying is that this experiment by ESCOM in Mpumalanga uh, begins to offer new opportunities for investment in IPPs in one form or another uh, within close proximity to where currently established transmission lines uh, actually exist. Uh, you would also know that uh, to put in new transmission lines and uh, ensure connectivity, for example, from the Northern Cape uh, would require over a period of time investments somewhere between 100 billion and 150 billion rands. And uh, that is going to be work in progress, uh, but probably take a decade uh, before that kind of investment takes place as, as well. But we certainly agree that uh, we need to speed up processes that will bring uh, renewable energy into 
for new forms of energy into uh, operation. And in this regard, uh, gas uh, generated electricity is also another possibility that uh, both the government as a whole is looking at and ESCOM is looking at as well in terms of repurposing some of their power stations. And gas is considered in South Africa in the context of climate change as a step down from uh, coal powered or fossil fuel powered uh, electricity, uh, which has obviously huge amounts of carbon emissions uh, that it has to cope with. In terms of the previous question, uh, how far are we from a total blackout? Uh, if I'm not representing Mr. Derater uh, properly, he can intervene in a moment, but we are nowhere near uh, close to a total blackout. Remember, a total blackout occurs when the transmission grid completely collapses, as it did in California and to an extent in Texas last year. Uh, we are not in that position, as we've repeatedly said, and Eskom colleagues have put this out repeatedly as well. The precise purpose of load shedding and the stages of load shedding is to ensure the integrity and stability of the transmission grid. And uh, Eskom is world class in terms of managing the safety of the grid, which means that there is no possibility at all of a total blackout unless something exceptional happens that none of us have anticipated. In terms of protecting staff, we're talking about thousands of staff uh, at the moment uh, in terms of operation, uh, key operators within the power stations and uh, protecting each of them is going to be at an individual level difficult. The real question is why should they be intimidated in the first place? That's the real question. And the question should be addressed to those who've inspired this kind of intimidatory activity. And you saw in your in, in the photographs who which one of us would like our homes to be petrol bombed? Which one of us would like our vehicles to be burnt down? Which one of us would like to receive uh, intimidatory phone calls from no caller ID phones? Ask ourselves those questions. Who are the people who are generating these kinds of totally unacceptable forms of intimidation. And really, I think all of us as South Africans need to turn against the intimidators themselves, not the intimidated in this particular instance. And uh, ask some very serious questions about what is uh, the intent? Is it just about wage negotiations? Or is it something beyond that as well that is at play at this particular point in time? So um, I think the real issue is that we need to have peaceful uh, activities in the labor context if and when that is actually required and uh, there should be no resort to any form of intimidatory activity at all against the staff of ESCOM or any other entity that is absolutely crucial to our economy and the well-being of our own people. Thank you. Mr. Gordon. We should take we, the last three questions now, Zekonati. Uh, uh, Minister, we have just closed the chat. 
and we have uh, questions that are queuing. So let me read as many of these that uh, as possible. Kopano's last question is, many South Africans are aware of the situation at ESCOM and remain concerned with how much longer they must endure load shedding. When will we get meaningful solutions implemented? Duncan McLeod of uh, Tech Central wants to know what are the minister's colleagues in the security cluster doing to bring this situation under control? Is there an argument to be made that the army should be deployed at ESCOM power stations? We could say you have already answered that, uh, Minister, in your reference earlier to power stations, uh, to security. Kulegani Makubane from FIN24 wants to know what engagements, if any, is your department and ESCOM ha have had with the police service about the nature of these protests and attempts at intimidation? And he says the images appear to fall into the criminal realm, which are beyond labor uh, disputes operations. Uh, I shall take Chris Yellen's last question. The energy availability factor in the DPE's ESCOM roadmap was stated to rise to 65 from 65 percent to 75, 80 and 85% within a few years from 2019. In reality, the AFR has declined from 65% to 60%. What was the aspiration in the DPE ESCOM roadmap? Not unrealistic from uh, the very start. He asked, was it not unrealistic from the very start? Uh, please answer those, Mr. Goran, and then we can close with the last round. Thank you. Thank you very much. On the EAF, I mean, in a perfectly uh, normal, if you like, uh, operational environment, uh, EAFs of 75 or even beyond 75 into the 80s is uh, totally acceptable and in accordance with world-class standards. Uh, in our case, I think you need to take into account Number one, uh, the age factor of the power plants. Number two, the historical negligence of uh, maintenance during critical years uh, during the state capture period. And that's in the uh, report of Chief Justice Zondo for those who are interested. Thirdly, uh, some levels of inexperience uh, amongst operational staff that is now being attended to uh, and special efforts that are being put into that particular area. So there should be some improvement. We might not get to 75%, but uh, this is a matter that is under constant review uh, between DPE as a shareholder and the ESCOM management team and board uh, over a period of time. On the question of interacting with the South African Police Service, uh, the CEO and his colleagues have met with the South African Police Service at the highest level and made them aware of some of the challenges that ESCOM is faced with. And uh, in the first instance, during the last week, since the 22nd of June, we've had, as I said, uh, excellent cooperation, or ESCOM has had excellent cooperation from the police service. And now we need to move to the next stage where those who are engaged in what are, as you've correctly pointed out, criminal activities, uh, are brought to book in one form or another. Uh, there is going to be a meeting with the security cluster uh, in this particular regard and uh, to then review uh, the kind of assistance that uh, 
uh, ESKIM requires in, in the kind of context that we find ourselves in and some of the challenges that we've experienced uh, over the last week or so. And then Copano, uh, when would we have uh, a satisfactory situation? I would think that if we speed up some of the processes and uh, avoid some of the red tape, uh, if not just scrap the damn red tape, forgive my poetry, uh, then we will be able to move much faster. And within the next uh, two to three years, we will begin to see uh, a, a relative level of stability as far as uh, energy security is concerned. And let me assure you that the government as a whole recognizes the importance of energy security and is doing everything possible to amend policies, to uh, increase, for example, uh, investments in IPPs up to 100 megawatts to cut red tape in various areas. And Operation Bulindlela that is based in the presidency is doing an exceptional amount of work in that particular area as well. So that's uh, extremely good and urgent work that is happening now in order to uh, facilitate uh, quicker investments in, in this particular area. Thank you, Sikhanazi. Mr. Gordon, thank you. Uh, I will only read two questions that I cannot leave out. Uh, one is from Samkele Maseko of the SAPC. He wants to know if you have spoken to the president about stage six load shedding and what are the president's views on stage six load shedding. The last question I will read out for you is again from Chris Yelland. Is it not time for government to establish a national a National Electricity Emergency Council, similar to the council established to deal with the COVID crisis. This must have special emergency powers to lift the red tape and those unhelpful regulations that hold things back and to promulgate emergency regulations to facilitate immediate action to end load shedding fast in a kind of Marshall Plan or national priority for the government and thus that must involve all stakeholders. Can you answer those? Uh, the, the rest of the questions really relate to security, which we have already spoken to. And I can tell you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that ESCOM will release a statement. Uh, I see that the labor unions have uh, published a joint statement. ESCOM will release a statement as soon as possible. Mr. Gordon, can you answer these? And then we sure. close the. Uh, the, the president uh, arrived back from the G7 meeting uh, earlier today and is fully briefed uh, on this matter. And if Mr. Uh, if Samkelo wants to know what the president's views are, then he should approach the presidency's spokesperson, uh, who is the most appropriate person to respond to that question. The second uh, uh, question in relation to uh, the Energy Council that Chris speaks of. Uh, in, in essence, we, we have had uh, over the last few weeks uh, that kind of discussion that Chris is actually referring to. And uh, we, I'll certainly take on board some of the thoughts that he has and uh, discuss them with my colleagues as well. Uh, but there's no doubt that, uh, as I said earlier on, government is absolutely uh, keen uh, and understands the urgency of ensuring that this country uh, does have energy security sooner rather than later. 
and also recognizes that we cannot be pedantic about the way we approach this question, that we need to demonstrate urgency on the one hand, but also flexibility and adaptability on the other hand. And uh, those are uh, the questions that we are addressing. And I'm sure as uh, time goes, we will make some announcements in that particular regard. Finally, let me thank all of you uh, for both your questions and your interest. And let me assure you that uh, TPE will be in constant touch with both the board and the management of ESCOM. And uh, the ESCOM colleagues will keep you informed of progress. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, sometime tomorrow they can tell all of us that the situation has uh, radically improved. And uh, finally, can I appeal to all the people who have a presence either in Eskom or around Eskom, please think about the country and think about our future rather than think about oneself only. And if we do that, we can move to greater heights in terms of energy security in this country. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Gordon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will again release this recording as soon as we have been able to download it. Further questions on the DPE and uh, what the minister has had to say and has not said yet can be sent to Richard Mantu of the Department of Public Enterprises. ESCOM, I, I repeat again, will publish a statement on uh, the, the, the wage talk on the on the on the wages we have seen a statement already from the national union of mine workers and numsa i thank you again for attending this meeting at such short notice have a great evening